So before we start, I want to um, I want to give a couple ground rules, other copies, uh, a couple of logistics, and then we can jump into the discussions, which I know we're all super excited about. But as this is our first meeting, uh, let's uh, let's talk about our communication guidelines. So first of all, it's really important that everyone who shows up to this call live read the chapter ahead of time. Please do your homework. And we ask that you actively participate in the discussions too. So depending how many people we have, um, it might, we'll have to see how we manage everyone's questions and responses, but it's, you know, if you are present, then we want you to, you know, collaborate uh, with us to expand the discussion we're having. If you haven't prepared for the book club, we ask that you just watch the recording and, you know, not take up screen time if we can, because we really want to keep it focused with the amazing topics we have to look at. So that's one thing. Also, too, since we do have the author on this call as well, which is an amazing privilege and an exciting <laughs> just benefit of being a Welcome Home Now member. So um, true. It is really important, however, that we want to only ask questions that are relevant to the book. So we're not going to be asking questions about Anelia's personal life, especially if it's not relevant to what we're looking at. So I think we all have good etiquette here and that's obvious, but it's important to state too. Speaking of mystical etiquette, third thing, we are not going to be channeling any angels on this call. <laughs> so if that's of interest, you can do that on your own time but we're not going to be doing it here because this is a book club not a channelers club although that might be interesting for different reasons but someone else can organize that on the forum if they're interested um so no channeling um but you're welcome and you know be smart be street smart if you are gonna do that type of thing on your own time all right and lastly uh we were looking at how to potentially expand the awareness of the book itself and these discussions by um, uh, putting together some compositions of the calls that we might want to put publicly outside of the forum. So one thing that would be different about this book club as opposed to the other one is uh, instead of keeping it private to walk with me now, we might edit certain pieces of the recordings and put them on Emilia's public YouTube. Oh, cool. But, but to do that, we need everyone's permission to do that. So um, I think for uh, ease of, for just to make it easy, if, if anyone does not want to appear on a public YouTube, just write into chat that you do not want to appear in the YouTube and we can edit you out. So you can still show up to the book club and participate even if you don't wanna be seen publicly or be in a video publicly on the web. We just need to know ahead of time. But all of okay. these recordings, all of these sessions are gonna be recorded for the forum and full length, but we might take pieces out here and there for uh, the public YouTube to be determined what that will look like. So. I hope that sounds exciting. Um, but at the beginning of every call, we'll just go over that quick agreement logistics so everyone feels good about it. All right. So 
now that the bookkeeping oh, is done, let's jump in to chapter one. Okay. I'm interview with We're an all angel. impressed now. <laughs> <laughs> We're all quiet. Like. <laughs> there are so many topics just in this first chapter. It's kind of hilarious. <laughs> we could spend a little bit overwhelming. It's a little overwhelming. We could spend hours just on two pages. But lots of fascinating topics. So given how many people we have, um, what I think would be helpful is, um, actually I think we can still manage it. We'll see how, we'll see how it goes. But um, is there a topic that anyone wants to look at at the beginning? Are we doing the introduction as well as the first chapter or? Oh, yes. I guess so. The introduction is awesome. Yeah, I mean, we read it. Yeah. So. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, we read it. I don't think I uh, formalized that on the forum, but we can talk about the introduction too. by telling us how reading your introduction to me on the right, <laughs> home from the res. I have never been able to read this introduction without crying my eyes out just telling you so even when they said hey can we do an audio copy of the first chapter introduction for releasing it i would reach one part and go oh. <laughs> 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 that's it i'm done <laughs> so extremely you know emotional for me yeah so i can't read the first introduction i can't read the introduction sorry guys <laughs> Wow. We were writing. We were writing here, and so we wanted to review the chapter and read it again. So she started reading. It takes about 40 minutes to get here. And she got the first, I don't know, two or three paragraphs, and then her little bottom lip started coming out, and then she started breaking up a little bit, and then started crying. And so, you know, it's a pretty emotionally big chapter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can tell. It always it's actually, it, it, the introduction is actually, well, in the ebook, it is chapter one, chapter one introduction. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah so, yeah, we covered it then. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Well, chapter one includes oh, the introduction and the first interview. Yeah, that's right. Chapter one includes the introduction and first interview. You're right. Mm -hmm. The emotion really comes through the words. It can really feel the, the energy lines in there because even when I was reading, I was like, oh, I could just yeah. feel it. And that's true throughout the whole book. It seems like it can really tap into the information at a ultra-dimensional level. So is there anything we wanted to look at specifically in the introduction besides it being very emotional and beautiful and overwhelming sometimes? <laughs> I guess for me it was like, I, 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 could, I would never, ha I, I would have never guessed that uh, an angel would was going to write an email, for example. Was like, <laughs> <laughs> that was like interesting. 
Yeah, and it's explained in the first interview too about why it had to be an email, right? Because of the mm-hmm. a communication yeah, as an adult. Here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like you said, I, I I don't know, I just didn't expect that. Yeah, right. But would he then actually indeed sit down behind a computer somewhere? Would he materialize a computer somewhere or would he just tap into like whatever into the internet and construct an email <laughs> and an email address or like <laughs> I actually know the answer to that question. Okay. <laughs> How he, he went it? to he went to an internet cafe and paid for a computer's time to send it. Wow. Wow. Real time. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. I'm curious, is he like a real person with an ID or is just a body that appear and after his uh, job, his interview with you, like the body just disappeared? It's like, I'm very curious to know about can that person be tracked? Like it exists yeah. or it's just a body created? Yeah, I think that he materializes into this, his preferred shape as a physical body, mm-hmm. as a human physical body, human shape physical body, I should say. But then he dematerializes, I'm sure of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he was able to create the money of the no- of of nowhere to pay that internet cafe at the time. I didn't ask him that part. <laughs> Maybe he sang a song outside and the people gave him points. I don't know. <laughs> or glitch in the matrix or something. Yeah. <laughs> Jedi Maybe mind tricks. Yeah. Or maybe he uses that body a lot and he has bank account. I don't I didn't ask. Right. Does he have several bodies? Because at some point he says that he appears differently to different people and how yeah, they that's right. Right. Many, many yeah. the body parts explored in more depth in some future chapters, but at this point in chapter one, it is a very physical encounter at a cafe. Mm-hmm. So for everyone in, you know, the environment there, it's like, ah, another person, right? Manual labor, dark skin, like light hair. So very convincing, it seems like overall to most people that it's just another person. Mm-hmm. What do you mean convincing? Have you seen a red haired person with dark skin? I haven't. <laughs> it's not I red hair. Usually, I have lots. I lived in Ireland, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been known to happen. <laughs> a lot of people who work late, late manual laborers are working out in the open, and they go really dark. <laughs> I wonder what the internet cafe would be like. You know, is it also like when all the angels hang out and there's sort of like a ping, and Michael goes, "Gabe, this one's for you," and then <laughs> they also like. <laughs> You would be surprised. (laughs) I know for a fact that aliens love their preferred location to send emails and stuff and hang out are Starbucks. Oh, wow. (laughs) They do. Whenever I go into Starbucks, I always scan because more often than not, you're going to find an alien in there. Oh, wow. Especially if the Starbucks is near some sort of Okay. Military base. For some reason, they mm. love to be near military bases. Mm. Mm. Do they order lattes? So I wouldn't be surprised at all if angels like cafe, you know, internet cafes. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. 
Well, I think we all wanted to have that hug of a thousand mamas and papas. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Totally. I think you, everybody who's read the book, had the hug. I think so. I think you know how that feels. I think you know how that feels. Feel it just (laughs) reading it. It's like, whoa. It gives you appreciation for the enormity of the emotional bodies. Yeah. And how they can become overwhelmed. Yeah. Trying to find the specific line, but um, related to the body, um, Gabriel was saying he can be, you know, multiple times at once, but not everywhere in space. Yeah. So when he has his body manifested, then in that time space, he can only be in that space. It seems like. And he didn't like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I had a question about that too. Sure, go ahead. Um, Because he says humans can be uh, in two places at the same time. And um, as Inelia, I suspect our, um, uh, the humans to be the architects of uh, all physicality. I thought, well, that's um, known of um, matter, whatever it is, that it it can be at two places at the same time too. So I thought maybe that's why, um, you know, maybe physicality mirrors the innate nature of of humans. Or does it, do I make sense? Because he seemed to be surprised that we can be in two places at the same time. But like in quantum physics, it's it's known that matter can be in two places at the same time. So if we have created all... Okay, yeah, so here's the thing. Are you a, a quantum particle? I no. think all physicality is like quantum particles. But are you one? Because the, the quantum part of it, you know, you can be more places than one. Um, it's almost like it reminds me a little bit of the oneness thing. Because you're oneness right now. You don't have to work to oneness. You are oneness right now. Otherwise, oneness wouldn't exist, right? Mm-hmm. We're all oneness. But at this level of experience... We're singular beings and we don't have an awareness or skills set of oneness. Do you see that? And it feels the same with the quantum physics aspect of one atom is everywhere. You know, there's the theory that it's just one atom or one particle and one quark that just travels all over the place and creates the entire universe. So there's lots of theories around that. And but yeah, the quantum thing that you can be in two places and they're connected and all these type of things. I think it's the same type of relationship of you as a person. You have a lot of atoms, and but you keep them together in a certain shape and you create certain energies and thoughts and everything and realities around you. Do you know what I'm saying there? Or mm-hmm. how the kind of thought is, is going through that? Um, so for somebody 
um, I can't remember the part that says, you know, you were in two places at once, so you could be... Do you remember which one um, it was? Yeah, there's a sentence which says... Um, um, uh, humans can jump in and out of collectives and minds at will or become them. That's the part where you tap into the bird flock. Mm -hmm. Where does it say that? But um, it was. I think it was page. Was it page sixteen? I, I didn't write down the page. Page page fifteen. Fifteen. It was. Sort of midway. And in sixteen, he says, "In my species, we can move through time from actual form of time, etc." Yeah. Okay, I'm looking for page 15. It's like, um, yeah, mid, is it? It's like midway, it's sort of at the bottom. So there's a large paragraph and then it says, when you looked at those birds, you became their collective consciousness as well as jumping in and out of different singular selves in that collective. It's the last mm -hmm. six lines of the first paragraph on that page. Oh, okay, hold up. Now cut the paper, call yeah. One caveat is that the ebook pages might be different than the printed pages. Yeah, it'll be how big it is. So yeah, yeah. Okay. to consciousness. Well, maybe the other one is actually more accurate. Um, let me see. Humans are very much like that. Oh, this is all about the collectives on page 15. Mm -hmm. and then oh, go oh, do you mean the, do you mean the experience of like, um, a double exposure in photography, that one? No, I meant the part where you talk about the the bird. Uh huh. And then he says he they can only be in one um, location in one timeline, while we can be in. Uh, yeah, that is on page sixteen, I think. Where he says in my species we must. Oh yeah. Oh, is it on fourteen? Second to last paragraph. Yeah. Okay. On page 16. Sorry, guys, next time I'll write the page. <laughs> no, it's okay. Notes. We cannot access everywhere or all locations. Those are hard for us. We can exist in many different forms of time as well as different points of time simultaneously. Is that what you mean, Mireille? Yes, that one. That's on page 16. Right. Yet we cannot exist in different locations. Because you live in a linear time reality, you might think that time and space are intricately connected, that you cannot have one without the other, but that's not exactly accurate. Right, yeah. So you want to get into that a little bit there, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. So time doesn't actually exist. Mm -hmm. Um, time is a perception and a creation, um, a mental kind of translation of what we are perceiving and experiencing. 
So when we move through time, what we actually are doing is experiencing the movement of atoms through space. So when you, for example, the simplest thing is you, look, you watch a clock and it goes click, 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 right? Or that way for you, right? <laughs> click, 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 click. You're not looking at time, you're looking at atoms moving through space. And as the atoms move through space and we perceive that movement, we call it time. Mm-hmm. And in our game here in the, on the planet Earth, we call it linear time. So when he's saying that they can't access, they can access time, it's like that an experience of moving in and out of spatial movement, right? Of atoms moving through space. And they can do that. They can move into a space where there's no movement. They can uh, accelerate it or slow it down. And they can be in different, like, uh, witnessing kind of the, the different movement in different... Lo- in, it it can, can kind of come, brings back to location. But it's like for us, we can even mentally, we can even imagine ourselves now, say, in, on the moon, right? We can imagine ourselves being on the moon right now and part of our attention and awareness is there. And for some individuals, they can actually actual astral project there. You know, they can be somebody there. They can borrow into somebody there. They can even maybe bilocate if there was a place that could sustain their physical body there. That's a, the human person can do that. And angels can't really do that. They can manipulate the space movement, the atom movements, but not so much be in multiple locations at the same time. Does that explain it a little better or did it complicate it <laughs> some more? Yeah, I think it's really complicated because, you know, I know uh, when you say time does not exist. Uh, yeah, I know I've heard that before, but maybe space does not exist. Maybe space is just an expression of the innate nature of of human beings as they kind of express it in physicality. Yeah, but then it exists because it's being expressed in physicality. But time is a concept. It's an idea. It's an interpretation of what we are experiencing. But, that uh, but what I understood is that atoms are a uh, concept too. They do, they do not exist. You cannot pinpoint them like this is the atom. It doesn't. Right. So maybe that's an illusion too. Maybe it's just part of the human expression, like it's extension of our being. That physicality is just an extension of what we are of our innate nature yeah and that's expressed a little bit further on when it says you know humans may actually be creating the physical universe you know maybe the creators of the physical yes. universe so it just happens that's... because we are here but we uh, it just it just happens because of us and yeah. because angels this, are different, they can't right. be two like two locations. Yeah, but that's actually entering a different discussion because now we're talking about the nature of reality. 
Yeah, and, that's true. And <laughs> not exactly why do the angels um, and it are unable to do what it what we can, right? Yeah. So that's a, your grandmother said about he can only be there for like it, it, you're taking him's time from other people. That that that's it. That he can't exist in that time for somebody um, else. Is that it? Or well, <clears throat> yeah. That it was expressed in a way in that like yeah, she shouldn't have said that right she shouldn't have said that because what who decides what's more important but yeah the feeling of um ha, has he can he appear to 10 people simultaneously around the world um that's a question to ask and what does that mean is that is he moving through time to do that or is he moving through space time doesn't exist only the movement of time right mm -hmm. You see, so it's like, it's almost like, are you swimming in water or are you flying through the air? That's how it feels to me, like the difference between the two. So if angels cannot be in different spaces, then later on in the book, there's talk about angels being in human form. So once yeah. they're in human form, does that then become possible for them? Because they're now they're human. They're not human, though. They have mm -hmm. human form, but they're not human because what makes a human? A physical body, elemental, and a soul. Mm -hmm. Right? And they're not human because they're just the physical and the mental. Their, mm -hmm. their expression is physical body, elemental. It's not like they possess the body and are driving the body around, right? It's like an expression of, of a physical body elemental. But they can't actually incarnate as humans? Um, I think that they can. And then when they do that, they're actually their soul construct. So they would make themselves more subtle even than what they normally are and then incarnate and become human because then they have the two things. Because mm -hmm. I it's know like stretching right now is like. <laughs> <laughs> I know that I've met people who where their soul was were angels. I've met those people, so I know they exist. Their physical body elementals were physical body elementals, human bodies, but the soul inside that body was an angel. It must, did it affect their body, their physical body? It must have somehow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're usually overweight to contain oh. it. Like quite heavy. Wow. Not always, but usually. You would imagine that they were like all light and fairy and everything, but it's like the opposite. <laughs> yeah, they're light and fairy, but they're, they feel this, um, not all of them, but the majority of people who I've met who have, who are angel incarnations, um, Especially before they own it, before they realize it fully and say, yeah, okay, fine, I am. Before that time, they become overweight. And often after that, and when they handle it and they know what's going on, usually they, they lose some of the weight. Fascinating. Yeah. So they'll, they'll live out the life? They'll sort of yeah, absolutely. It's like, 
just like you and me and everybody else, right? They come in into a human body, into a human, become a human because they have a physical body elemental and the, the curtain of, um, the, the curtain comes down and they forget who they are and they just have a physical body elemental that is going to live a life here, <laughs> right? And now the reasons why they come in, that's fascinating. I mean, there's all sorts of reasons why they come in. Just like we all have different reasons for why we came in. The way the time yeah, right. slowed down one second was the entire mm -hmm. visit or yeah. less. Mm -hmm. yeah. But that part of the time is, it does affect your physical body over the people around it. Because like a, even Angel, like when you're doing the interview and it has the time going super fast, or super slow did that super affect slow. your physicality no it's except that the rest of the universe had um like <laughs> a second and i'd had five hours and i was hungry <laughs> so when that happens to us when we get sort of stuck in time because i get fixated on numbers and you know if it's two, 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 one, 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 and often it can stay for a really long time. That, could that mean that there's an angel with us and they've slowed things down? We just haven't perceived them? Maybe. <laughs> it's a possibility. And also, don't forget that us as humans, we learned through mapping. Yeah. So when you read that chapter, guess what? You're developing the skills to slow and speed time up. Because uh -oh. we're not limited that way. I thought that was a really interesting part in this chapter. It, it seems like you teed it up. I'm curious if this was your intent. One, um, you teed it up to create this um, level playing field in a way between angels and humans and acknowledging the um, potential that humans have and then also uh, acknowledging even like the interest that angels have with humans as well they're fascinated they're curious by us we're obviously in this call that's like the first thing we really start talking about right is like we're super fascinated interested there's a whole book about it right um so i wonder was that your intent going into this chapter initially to create that or is that how it really just transpired and that was just naturally what happened that's just what happened. I was just <laughs> taking notes. <laughs> yeah. Cool. My egotistical self decided, like, was like, I'm not going to put any <laughs> stuff put in. in there. Yeah, waste of time, man. <laughs> that was the other question I was going to ask. Did you end up censoring it? <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah. Well, I changed a few things because, for example, later on in the book, there's a scene where he appears in the bathroom while I'm having my shower mm -hmm. and I start screaming at him to get out of the bathroom. That actually happened in uh, Rome, not in near Bay, but to add the whole thing, you know, I've been traveling and all that, to add all that into the book felt too much. So, I mean, nowadays I probably would have, but at the time it was like, boom, 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 boom. You know, it's like, it was really, I wanted to, to do this book really quickly without having to um, go into so many sub stories, you sub know, subplots, subplots, yeah. and sub 
<coughs> so I put it there, but there's little edits like that, but everything else pretty much pure. An interesting note on that is the, uh, the book. It is relatively short. Oh my God! It's like it's a lot of information. Long. I know. Yeah, yeah. Very, very long. It was forty minutes yeah. to get home from uh, to get to the Shamajack from the boat, and we weren't done with the first chapter. We didn't finish it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we didn't finish it. I felt I felt full. <laughs> like, oh my God! I was yeah. like running a marathon. Man. Did anybody else have that experience? Yes. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. That's why we're having this book club, so we can actually remember most of the information. Yeah, expand it a little bit more, right? <laughs> yes. yeah. Reading it a couple of times, taking notes feels very important. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. Well, that, that point about Gabriel bringing up, like, don't censor, it, it feels so important to the whole broader awareness of how this book even progresses through time and space and how you as an individual as well, because that point he said about, um, you know, don't be condescending or, or patronize or assume people are stupid enough. Or they're, they're not capable mm -hmm. to like either right. one map to you or find it interesting or it's irrelevant. Mm -hmm. it, it actually removed this entire limitation that impacted mm -hmm. all this other work. And yep. I mean, it's, that in of itself is like massive for the human collective. So Thank you for processing your ego stuff. I appreciate that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. I was in a bad parts. mood. <laughs> yeah, I was in a really bad mood. <laughs> came, home, came home and threw my stuff everywhere. How dare you? <laughs> I'm not patronizing. <laughs> It feels like in your journey in this chapter too, you you did have the process where you were like releasing those limitations you were placing on humans. And as a human reading this too, it also feels like a lot of the limitations that personally my experience I had reading it started to lift as well. So that was even just mapping to that, it was a very empowering chapter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a question. Um, can you hear me? Yep, go mm -hmm. ahead. Yep. Yeah. Um, why um, Gabriel shows uh, like a masculine, the, a lot of angels shows like a masculine, and uh, in this case, it's only the human. Uh, body or expression mm -hmm. of human but uh, it's again masculine because the photograph that my grandmother gave me yeah was masculine it was that image it was the image that he was he, he embodied so you could recognize it yeah okay. so when he arrived oh that's Gabriel he's just like my picture yeah it's it's a projection from us to the energy yeah. from outside. Okay, yeah, yeah it's yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's clear with the time and uh, space. Yeah. So if she had showed me a, a picture of a kitty cat and said, "This is Gabriel. He's a guardian angel," and the 
or an animal guide and he's he's going to come over or she's going to come over and help you and and all these and protect you i would have called that image right that entity and he would have arrived as a kitty cat yeah. and gabriel would have been in the shape of a kitty cat so that yeah. would be fascinating actually so before the whole church thing came in and put all those pictures of how angels are supposed to look and all so mm -hmm. in like ancient tribe tribal times i'm just saying something so they would have appeared in a completely different way so that that's like cool. fascinating to think like how yeah. so and then for all those different peoples they would have appeared in all different forms they wouldn't exactly. have been as fixed like as now maybe right and they're only fixed to us because we're of western minds yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah but in other cultures they look completely different obviously yeah in india with all the indian gods and all they will yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and then they're like the, but they're the same entities oh that is so cool <laughs> <laughs> i love that yeah yeah i think he described that that way too in the, in the chapter that he's uh that they present themselves in a way that they know they're seen reviewed yeah. by us right brings it understood Right. Oh, no. It brings a different perspective to um, those, uh, I guess, the story of um, the war that happened in heaven, right? Because, um, you know, a lot of that was projected as being angels, like they're good angels and they're bad angels. And Gabriel's like, right. well, it wasn't just angels, but generally, <laughs> right, you know, right, right. that's how it seemed too. So mm. if we think back about the those archetypes of like many gods and goddesses in different shapes and sizes or um fallen angels high you know level angels all of that it it's really like what are the projections of humanity at the time and how that story has also changed because i don't think i've ever heard of an anunnaki angel but they probably took partook in that war <laughs> yeah yeah somehow all those like oh it makes it then immediately think like oh yeah we've been so programmed it's like so stuck like oh yeah gabriel you know it's like angels this is that it's like so no it's like whatever and there's so many different shapes it's so, <laughs> so like stuck you know those images they're so so ingrained those limitations yeah. Inelia, could you, uh -huh. could you explain a bit about following the energy line, how you find it? Um, when, so, yeah, I suppose that's an, a skill. I do have a video out there on YouTube talking about how to follow an energy line mm -hmm. um, and scanning there for energy lines and stuff. So basically you need something to concentrate on or, or even if it's a name or an idea or a memory or a person or something like that and then you really put all of your focus there and then you allow that to travel that's the easiest way i can explain it and you find the person object or whatever so the origin of it you, that's how that's how i look and you can even visualize it if you're good at visualizing like a a little tunnel or a little string that you're following, you know, things like that, that might help you. Mm -hmm. But it's like, oh, um, I'm thinking about my cat, Theodora. So I, I know Theodora and I scan her 
and I start looking for her with my eyes, that, that's me following an energy line with my eyes, right? But then, oh, I can't see her with my eyes, so I'm gonna set, feel her with my spidey senses. So I'm following her energy line because I know her frequency, right? I know her, her signature. So I'm looking for her and then I may or may not find her. Depending if she's hunting, I'm not gonna find her because she's making herself invisible. Right, <laughs> but if she's laying around or sleeping, I probably will find her. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I also I really like the part where you explain how you like came into existence. Mm. The what? How you? How you explained how you came into existence? Oh, yeah. the wee part. Yeah. The second time I read the book, it was amazing to me how much information about the wee was in the very first chapter. And the first time, <laughs> totally I missed. Was, forgot yeah. it. The, the next moment. I was <laughs> gonna think you saying, yeah. Like, oh my god, it was all there. I read it. <laughs> You just don't comprehend it. It just doesn't go, it doesn't sink in. Don't even exactly. understand what words mean. Until you talk to the we, and then you remember. Yeah, and then you go like, oh, <laughs> now I understand. <laughs> That's completely totally. different than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting cool. right now, it, felt, it seems as though in Walk With Me Now, we've had a lot of exploration of being a we and reconnecting to our collective. And this chapter talks a lot about that as well, right? And connecting mm -hmm. to the collective. And I never really noticed or realized that connection until reading this tonight and how you came from a we, then come into a singular, and then now here you are helping to, you know, support us in moving into a we. <laughs> <laughs> like the orchestration behind that, that's so cool. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Plus, you explained all the steps, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can map to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was surprised that Gabriel was surprised about the we. Um, although it's in the later chapter, they, he, they, he talks about how their collective pretty much has been around forever. <laughs> um, mm. But yet the mm. we arguably has as well, but in a different way. So it's like, I guess they came after the field of potentiality, or I guess I'm just surprised that he didn't, well, he did say he mentioned or saw them before, but it was like a vague memory that he couldn't quite grasp. And for a collective that's literally everywhere, <laughs> or most places, I don't know, everywhere, every time, I'm not sure. But um, that also just seemed really interesting, different, not expected. I think that a lot of that has to do with need to know basis. Hmm. So if they have no working relationship with that collective, they there's no reason for them to get to know each other. Right, right. the two collectives. And if that collective, he, he knows a lot about us because they've been working with humans since humans started. Right, mm -hmm. they've been co-creating and not co-creating but cohabiting and working together 
since the beginning. But with the way they have done so, you know, I'm sure there's billions and gazillions of entities and collectives out there that the angels have no idea about, and humans have no idea about as well. So I guess it's around mutual interest and awareness, because if we aren't interested or interesting to the angels and vice versa, it's like, why would they ever cross paths? They wouldn't. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. I wonder about the part where you call on angels to give you a hand with finding a parking spot or, you know, with reading authorities on the book and their important work. And uh, religions teach us not to do that or something. Mm, yeah. mm, Maybe mm -hmm. expand that a little bit. As yeah. in, what kind of angels and who do we call to ask for parking spots or finding the good deals at Walmart? <laughs> so that thing, see, um, I think that what he was trying to express was his frustration at how religions had hijacked our ability mm -hmm. and capacity to call on to angels for anything. Mm -hmm. Right? And had brainwashed them into thinking, oh, you know, that's God's work and they have to, they're very busy, like my grandma said. You can't be calling him to read your books, you have to let him go and do his important work. And what about if you're done with religions and dogmatic religions? Calling on angels is attached to thinking religion, you know? Yeah, exactly. So you've got, it's like a catch-22, right? They made it really clever for you to disconnect with angels at all <laughs> times, forever. Mm -hmm. That's because what I meant before, where I said like it's like so programmed that, yeah, now that's Gabriel and that's like attached to that. And then it's like, it's so stuck. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think we should unstick it. Mm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> totally. We have awake people looking at it right now. That's pretty powerful. Mm. Well, yeah, but still, I mean, you can be aware of it, but it's like, how deep does that go, no? Mm -hmm. All the way. All the way. All right. <laughs> All the way back to like, yeah. Well, and to your point, Larry, you can call angels for helping with Walmart deals and parking spots. I think what Gabriel meant in that, that, um, sentence was but then people won't actually call them for help during a life crisis so when they right. really need like guidance on major issues or they're going on a different path then they don't call upon the angels for help so it's like the different little things not the big things and so every little situation is hijacked it seems one way or another very clever so we allowed to ask them for help the little things and the big things yes yeah any time is fine yeah because yeah. they have all the time there is there is yeah. no time right right <laughs> and yeah. is there anyone that's more or less particularly interested in the things that you might be interested in getting help with or if you ask for the wrong one or they're like oh, i can't help you with deals at walmart I don't even know what a Walmart is. They'll give you the phone number of the other one. <laughs> <laughs> I love to show them Walmart. Walmart helper. Walmart helper, yeah. I don't think Michael cares so much. <laughs> there was another part that uh, got my attention to, related to this, and I, I wrote it down so I can read it. It said, uh, people do call on us all the time when they are having a hard time. And then it said, and if... And that's the word that I'm thinking like, huh? 
And if it's part of the choreography, the plans and decisions that have been taken by those individuals and their co-creators, we answer that call. And then I thought, why is that word if there? Because it feels a bit limiting. Like, and it feels like we can always change our minds. And if I, for example, in a situation would choose like, now I want to contact an angel. And if I really feel that, then I should, right? Why, why is it then like only if it's part of the choreography or would the key be like if I'm if fully, fully 100% resonant with it, with my wish to ask for contacting the angel, that that would be the only case that it would happen? Or I was wondering well, like why those, those kind of reminds conditions? Me of the other, <laughs> kind of reminds me of the other book that we read and people's soul plans, you know, that they carry these old programs. Their sole plan is to be helpless and not have any help and to be put in the worst possible situations and not get any help. So if they call for an angel, they're not supposed to get any help according to their soul plan, right? Because they have an old soul plan. They yeah. like old stuff. They like being left out in the cold, laughing in the wind. That's how they get the most learning. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, And in that case, the person, because they're still in that kind of a choreography, they can't change their mind because they're still okay. stuck in that choreography. But if you and your higher self and all your entourage and everything, you told them, I have changed my mind and I'm going to this <laughs> other thing, this other plan, everybody get the memo, okay? And <laughs> <laughs> going to appear. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly yeah. possible and doable to change your plan, your plan and your mind. I mean, actually, actually, it seemed like as we remember in that other book, the in between lives, they were going and saying, "Yeah, you didn't quite do what you thought you were going to do, did you?" Yeah, I changed a my lot mind. Of times. I just wanted right. to fuck right. off my life. I didn't want to do anything. I just wanted to, you know, play. Yeah. So I think it happens all the time. Yeah. Change your mind. Yeah. So it's letting go of the limitations. <laughs> Letting go of those limitations that we couldn't. And, yeah, yeah, Ash, tell us about the whales. Yeah, Ash, tell us about the whales. Me? <laughs> that comes later in the book, though. Spoiler alert. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But it happened but it was the day. But it happened the day. Yeah, <laughs> you have to tell us. Because the Seder says so. so. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yes. <laughs> well, I'll start it. I'll start it for us. I'll tee it up. But we um, had a little, I guess, chat in my kitchen today for the SL call, the second life call. And at the end of the call, we decided to go for a walk on the beach. As we got to the beach, I said, oh, I've been meaning to tell you. I have to tell you. And it's Larry and Anelia and I. I had a dream a couple nights ago, and there were whales everywhere. And I needed to tell you guys this. <laughs> like, I don't know why, but I got to tell you, I'm so excited the whales are there. Because I've lived out here for a while, and I've never seen a whale. Um, I know they're there. It's but it's never... impossible. Yeah, it, didn't, it was like everybody else saw them. I never saw them. So Can I carry on with this story? Then you carry on, yes. Okay. <laughs> so we were walking down the beach, and suddenly um, we were all, like, very focused on going down the beach. But suddenly, I felt this beautiful smell, and I thought, I carried on walking, I thought, wait, something said, no, 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 go back, go back. So I went back, I actually walked backwards, and Ash was looking at me going, what's up? <laughs> 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 she 
didn't say what's up, but she was like looking at me, why is she walking there, staying there or walking there? And I said, gosh, it smells wonderful here. And she went, yes, it does. She said, it smells really nice. And I kind of had to go back a little bit and then forward a little bit and stay right there. <laughs> and I was looking at the ocean like really intensely and I could feel really odd and strange, like trying to go into an altered state, I think. And I was looking at this little shiny part of the ocean and Larry came back because that stopped. <laughs> and I said, Larry, Larry, what is that light bit over there? What is that about? And he says, oh, that's where the tide meets the, the, the tides meet. It's, a, it's called the tide right, right, rip. And I was looking at it and I couldn't get, take my eyes off it and I didn't know why. And then suddenly this whale comes out right into that light. Wow. Um, and I started screaming. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was whales all over the place popping up with their little splashes up and everything. And it lasted like five seconds and they were gone. Wow. Right? It was like intense. I mean, we waited for like a while and, we saw, we saw one or two more, more later, but yeah, we saw one or two more later, baby, baby ones and a couple in the distance. But there were about wow. 20 sea lions just yeah. hanging out there, flopping around. Yeah, well, looking at us, going, What are you looking at, guys? Yeah. <laughs> and then we figured out, oh my god, Michael got through to Ash the other day and, and her wow. dream, and then got us out into the to look at the beach and told us just before this happened and boom, there, there he was. <laughs> wow. So we thought it was because he, he wanted to say hello for this meeting. So. Oh, awesome. nice. Hi, Michael. <laughs> Do you have anything yeah. to add to that, Ash? No, it was just very <laughs> strong and effective. Like the dream was like whales everywhere <laughs> and i was like woke up like i have to tell larry and Anelia. <laughs> i almost texted you that, that day and i'm like why am i gonna text him that i had a dream about <laughs> whales <laughs> random yeah like oh that's nice <laughs> when you guys were at the beach larry like messaged in whatsapp oh there are whales at the beach and i wasn't there because i had a thing or whatever and when I looked at that message, I like, I felt and saw the words Michael and I was like, oh, uh, nice. wow. And then when I heard <laughs> the full story tonight um, from Ash, I was like, oh, it's totally Michael. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so got a big support hug from, from him and the collective that yeah, we're here, we're doing it. So good job, everyone. <laughs> and we got a rainbow. Mm -hmm. We did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we did get a rainbow. Guy too. <laughs> Amazing. Well, that seems so in keeping with what I see Michael is. He's very emotional, which I tied into right away because I think that emotional body is very strong. But I did wonder, like, since the angels are not like humans, why, like, what other bodies did they have? They're not a physicality. And I thought that with a physicality, you would have the the different bodies, the emotional body, the you know mental body, and all that, and he really did um, seem to be this emotional ball of energy, and I took that from when um, he was in tears 
you know, with um, when he was with Amelia at the beginning and she looked and he, he looked out the window or something, you know, because he was actually crying. I guess had something to do. Yeah, that's what he said. I had something. I had something in my eye, and I was like, "Wow, really?" So I mean, that stayed with me, and I did wonder, like, do angels really have? I mean, like, how deep do they go? And so that that struck me. I was just wondering. Well, at the beginning, I don't remember if it was at the beginning of this chapter, chapter one, because what you described is later. But in the beginning, when Gabriel sat down with Anelia. Same thing. He's like, oh, I've got something in my eye. He's like, yeah, we basically feel whatever you feel. It's like times a thousand, like exponent, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like, is, is that, like, what are you? What are you made of? You know, like, what, what is there with you? What do you bring to this when you become physical? What do you bring with you? What do you, you know, manifest? So. But it was very, to me, it was very warm and, you know, heart-wrenching. <laughs> it was that emotional thing, so. And yeah, well, he did that. You, Didn't he do that twice? Yeah, that gives you an idea of the reach of their emotional body if thousands upon thousands of people around the planet have bought this book and that's the bit that they feel the most yeah. and they feel the emotion, right? It just shows you, I don't know, maybe something else, but it feels to me like that is just a little, you know, quantum entanglement of <laughs> feeling the emotional body of an angel, right? Because mm-hmm. you can feel it even years later, and I couldn't have yeah. finished reading that chapter, you know, I just mm-hmm. couldn't, couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very intense. And one of the things about that book also, I had to take long breaks because my emotional body was shot. It's like totally blasted out of the water. (laughs) (laughs) I with him, remember that? Yes, I remember. I can see that. I mean, you were, you were little, you were this little kid going through a lot and it's, and I don't want to use the word savior, but there was this, this love energy that, that was able to give you the things that you, we're missing out on at that time, you know, to sort of, to the point where you could say, you know, thousands of hugs from, or thousands of mommies or daddies hugs or something like that, that alone was, was enough to, to bring tears of love and joy and all that, but you could feel it. And so, but I totally got you because I, I felt this little kid that was in a great deal of turmoil and sadness and there was there was almost no way to um, alleviate that, like even you know yourself. So you you needed help, and then here's this I'm going to say stranger that just comes in and says, "Okay, I got this. Come on, who wouldn't who wouldn't be in tears? As a matter of fact, if I don't be quiet, <laughs> I'm gonna start crying." But, down. but just... first it was first it was the grandmother who couldn't give hugs herself, but she yes. did give like the an, an opening or she did give you like uh, a, a way to connect with some some thing or somebody that could give right. you right she threw her lifeline i thought that was very cute yeah the grandmother too, was... actually uh, uh, offered you like a way somehow to right to, to bring it into your reality if even mm-hmm. though she couldn't give it to her, mm-hmm. uh, herself 
Yeah, it was that was something. And so that sticks. It just that's hard to forget <laughs> as I do so much. Well, we are about well, actually we're after our hour. Oh my gosh. Are we? Oh, wow. <laughs> I think we got through two pages. <laughs> yeah, because I think yeah. we got through some of chapter one and can't even read the intro. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot there. There really is. You know, he talked about the wars. I'm like, oh, because I remember seeing stories about the wars or hearing about the wars. Oh, humans have no clue there's this war going on. And then it's like, well, why did the angels side with us? You know, you're not like us. Why wouldn't you mess around with the DNA too to try to get some of that stuff that we have that some people seem to be being, seem to want, you know, it just, it's all that. It's just so much. There's so much there. But we've only had an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she's been reading a book to expand the chapters, so there's more fluff in there. Maybe it'll be easier to digest. It has a bit more fluff. Yeah. Oh, for future books, you yeah, know? Future books. Yeah, future books. Yeah. Future books will have a little bit more fluff. It gets overwhelmed. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that chapter, I'm serious. I'm still a bit exhausted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this, this is like a... Just to play with it. It just covered yeah. so much. 20 pages. It did. Like, yeah. Really? Yeah. That too. <laughs> yeah. Even in this chapter, it talks about how storytelling is like the best tool to learn how to map learn. and disseminate information. And it's like, really get that in there too. Like that gosh. too. <laughs> Great. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's also one very important part about I just remember the humans. Oh no. Uh, about something about the humans, they have this amazing capacity, like that. Mapping. The, but no, it was just, just it was the, something else. Creating? Something else. <coughs> yes, and being the architects of physicality. I mean, yeah. it just describes so much about how capable we are. Wow. Right. Mm-hmm. And I didn't remember the first time. I just like, <laughs> wow. And now, did that mean humans are on this planet, or is that just human collective? In the, All, the entire, including the humans on this planet, the entire collective. Casually, we created the universe. Good job, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and then we forgot it. Yay! And then we forgot. Yay! <laughs> I have a question for Sarah. Page 15, we talk about the connection with the human collective. And you say that um, it's really about a connection from the heart. It's not uh, about, you know, you said the problem is that more people think that connecting to the human collective means buying into social, cultural, and religious programs, devotions, and teaching. Not so. Mm-hmm. It really is about the connection from the heart. Okay, I have a question. Uh, uh, the, the question is more of a request to explain how how can this connection from the heart can 
can be established, knowing that in the human collective we have all sorts of um, behaviors? Well, there's a little exercise that was for the homework. Work with me now a few okay. weeks ago. It's okay, called the heart, yeah. the heart center, center. right? Mm -hmm. Reconnection okay. one? That mm -hmm. one. <laughs> use that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I actually use it, but I, I, I was just wanted to know is as simple as this or something something bigger than that or more complicated no. or more complex like okay no. <laughs> thank you Inelia is um is, do we have time for an, another question or is it uh, for next week i am um, it's just a, it's a big one like did, did i and i'm sorry if it's in the book and i forgot it but did he ever talk about why why they've given themselves this role or why they have this role of yeah, yeah it's a big um yeah the it does go into it a little bit further on in the book um it's not in the first chapter but we discussed about the whys of existence and the whys of roles and connections and stuff later on in the book. It's not really, yeah, it's not really clear. Um, it's like a discussion and a brainstorming, but it's like, even if you see yourself as one of the architects of the universe, somebody who creates realities, why? Right? So you can ask why forever and never get to the real, and answer the right? angel the, the angel's role that they've given themselves of looking after and helping and mm -hmm. being so connected to us um that is and it it seems like there's so many so what um connects our species mm -hmm. to their species it, it's 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 an agreement but what does that always been it, it's it's really their role is, it's is, not just their role with us. I mean, they talk about doing that with lots of species, right? in lots of dimensions and universes. They, they, that's what they do. They support and help and assist. And not just with the humans, though. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was in the first chapter, too. But it was lots of different universes and species that they do that with. Yeah, that's in the first chapter. Yes. And why is they chose that role in the universe? That's one of those eternal questions, you know? Why did we decide to be explorers of the universes or even creators of the universes? Or, you know, why did we choose that? <laughs> Maybe just because it feels good. Or it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah. it's just interesting. We talked about that in the last book club also, no? Mm -hmm. like why why are we and uh, collectors of information and then who are we collecting for or where are we taking that information to or <laughs> Yeah, that's very relevant in chapter seven. So keep that in mind. Explore. <laughs> 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 And that's the thing is, if there are really key questions that, um, for example, could be relevant in future chapters, it might be good to document it on the forum so we don't forget, for one. 
uh, too. We remember to bring it up. And, and also as we go through each chapter, it might be expanded upon with each call as well. Because like the last book club, we kind of started with the topic maybe in like week two, and then we really like expanded it a couple of weeks later and it went deeper and deeper. So maybe we could start to look at that here too. Yep, no doubt. <laughs> what an awesome conversation. <laughs> yes, yes, and thank you everyone for showing up to the first meeting. It's so exciting. Is um, it another way to start the day, Miraya? <laughs> <laughs> Or end it. Or, start or end it, or in the middle of it. <laughs> end it. Yeah. You go through time space. So for next week, same time, uh, we'll talk about chapter two. And okay. um, if, uh, as a reminder, if there's anyone who doesn't want to be included in a public version of this call, and it'll be edited and stuff, but let us know. That way we can make sure not to include you. But hopefully we can edit the little bits and share it with the world that hopefully will be even more expansive for the collective at large. So, yeah. And a reminder, if you uh, read the chapter early and you have questions, write them in there because you'll forget them by now. Yeah. <laughs> so write them on the forum. Yeah. So it's got a placeholder. Yeah. And it literally just creates a page that will stay there for years yeah. to come which is also helpful so very helpful <laughs> yes all right well okay. thank you everyone for your time and see you next week chapter two thank you Kara, for hosting thank you Kara. thank you thank you thanks bye 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 b